everyone, and welcome to another episode of Raising Bulls, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network and Roughneck Scarves. We are the only podcast dedicated to New York Red Bulls 2 of USL. Tonight, we're going to talk about a game that did happen or didn't happen. Who knows? Because no one saw it. Uh, <laughs> we've got a very extensive episode. Uh, X Red Bull 2 report I am proud to bring after our uh, okay report last week. We're going to be talking to newly signed Red Bulls goalkeeper Scott Levine. And we're going to preview the game this coming weekend against Charleston Battery. And then finally ending with a USL round table. We will get back into player highlights and questions, I think, as the year goes on. But we're starting like this. Anthony Merced is Hello. with me tonight. How are you doing, Anthony? I'm doing great. I'm loving the USL season right now. Like, ah, oh, this is this has been tremendous. I'm, yeah, it, it's everything. I was just about to talk about how YouTube and ESPN, but yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that later. But yeah, th- this has been fun. It's been a blast. Uh, the, the start of the season has been a lot of fun. I think um, some teams are maybe surprising us. Some teams are doing what they're supposed to, and other teams are a shambles. <laughs> and so it's fun. Uh, all right, let's talk about what we know from this Atlanta United match. Uh, nothing. Almost nothing. We know who scored. Uh, John Gallagher had a brace for the home side. Yusef Samuel uh, also scored, and I believe he assisted one of those John Gallagher goals. Uh, Jordan Scarlett took someone, I think it was either Yusef Samuel or John Gallagher, down in the box, drawing a penalty. Brian White finally got on the board uh, for the Red Bulls, finally. Uh, but, you know, after the, his week last week, I think it was probably a relief to finally put one in the back of the net. Um, and we know that the defense is not doing so well. We, they gave up a lot you of chances say. last week, uh, but Evan Loro stood on his head this week. Eh, not good. Not good. So teams that can play through them are going to be able to have a field day. I think, honestly... I think they need to stop this three in the back. I think it's a terrible idea. Go back to four. Uh, maybe it's it's a product of not having another guy to push into the midfield uh, in that that center midfield spot. But they they got to figure something out. This three in the back is not is not working for them. I do not subscribe to three in in the back in any way, shape, or form. I I, I just think that like you four defenders. I recently, um, not to promote another podcast, but I listened to um, this football life recently with Ron Atkinson. And uh, for those who don't know who he is, look him up. And he actually mentioned that, like, if you're in the back line, you play defense. And he's all this thing about wingbacks going up, this and that. Your first job is is to be defenders. And I think you need four guys in the back, no matter what. So, um, you know, j- just to make sure that the other team doesn't score. And I, and I think that three in the back is just not the way to go in the modern USL. Right. There are times where that will work for teams and can work for teams, but it is clearly not working for the Red Bulls right now. I don't think it's the right mix uh, of guys to have on that back line to play that. Um, it's a tactic late in the game. It's, it, it's sure. one of those yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Um, you know, to, to make a basketball reference, it's, it's, it's that time in the third quarter where you decide to put two shooting guards in or, you know, in, in, instead of playing defense for a few minutes, mm-hmm. um, you know, at, at a certain point it, it makes total sense, but for the majority of the game and to, and, and to play your style like that, while the other team is totally, uh, you know, I don't want to say fit, but like, you know, have all of their energy. No, you're, you're putting a lot of pressure 
on 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 those center backs. A ton, and we just yeah. know that they, they don't do that. They they're they're not capable of doing that. Right. Well, you know, the Red Bull uh style puts a lot of pressure on the center backs to begin with. And in order to pull off three in the back, I think you need a guy uh who could be the general back there. And Aaron Long. No right, exactly. No and no offense to any of these guys, uh, but no one's really stepping forward to be the leader of the back line. Now, granted, I'm saying that having not seen at all what they did against Atlanta United. So, uh, well, we st- did see but, week right, one. Exactly. The same problem. Exactly. So, yeah, they, they, they definitely got to figure this out. I know that uh, when we talked to John, uh, playing three in the back is not just a byproduct of, of the first team did it. So we've got to do it. Um, so I think he just wanted to kind of maximize who he had available but they, but they definitely have to figure something out because this is not working. Okay, let's talk man of the match because we have no idea about any of it. I'm just going to give it to Brian White. Congratulations on scoring your first goal, Brian. We're all very excited for you. Uh, hopefully you're able to keep that up. Sure. Yeah? <laughs> now, for the least valuable player, and I think we should expand some uh, time on this. I don't know if that's the right word. Uh the Atlanta tech people who completely botched the stream for their inaugural match. Uh, this is beyond ridiculous. Why, why, why wouldn't you get this right for the first match? This is awful. I feel bad for any Red Bull fans that didn't get to watch this match and wanted to. Obviously, the first team was playing at the same time, but there were people who were at home trying to watch this match and Me. coming up short. There you go. You're one of them. What is that about? This is poop. You poop the okay. bed. You poop the bed. I don't feel bad for the Red Bull fans because only 700 people showed up to game one and <laughs> we had such bad attempts last year. So I don't care. Go fish. What Who I feel bad for are the Atlanta fans because 5,000 fans showed up to that game. They've been putting 70,000 people into the MLS game. And there were probably a lot of Atlanta fans that wanted to see the young guys that could potentially be a major part of that team. And this is what you do. Look, we, we've been talking a lot about we, – we, we've been very much on the defense of Red Bull 2 in particular. Uh, but for USL uh, – for MLS 2 teams in general, trying to – I wouldn't say we've been advocating, but really kind of saying, hey, these teams are competing. Um, these are the kind of moments where you look at it. attendance and, and the streams are those moments where the league might look and say, maybe you guys belong in D3. Ooh. Because if this happens down there, eh, we don't care quite so much. It's definitely you not know, a good you want, Yeah, you want to be in D2, you've got to have all of your – You've got to have all of your T's crossed and your I's dotted. Everything's and your lowercase J's. Everything's <laughs> got to be there. Everything's got to be there and and be on point. Um, especially when so many other teams are getting it so right. Sacramento, San Antonio, um, Phoenix, you know, Re- Fresno, Phoenix, Nashville. Fresno. It's not like they could just Tampa say they're Bay. new and they didn't know what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you have to be at least on the par with those with those teams that are doing 
local broadcast. This, you know, uh, even Montreal, even Montreal, yeah. <laughs> when they had their team, they never had a drop broadcast like this. Orlando never had a drop broadcast. Yeah, you know, I, I can forgive audio issues, and um, as you know, we we do podcasts, so we we right. deal with audio issues all the time. But you never have a problem with the visual. Worst case scenario, you say announcer is not available at the moment. You know, audio difficulties, but you have the video stream. You know, so it's it's just and, and the same complaint I have with the US Open Cup with a lot of these teams that aren't able to get like the video in place. Yeah. You have to have video to have any kind of re- relevancy. And this is just such an absolute fail for the first home game in Atlanta. Yep. Fully agree. <laughs> Garbage. You pooped the bed, Atlanta. You pooped it. You're the worst. <laughs> Yes. Now pay for my Waffle House bill next time I'm there. Waffle House. Yeah. Waffle House is delicious. You ever been to Waffle House? I have been to Waffle House. I don't know if delicious is the right word for it. Maybe. Oh, it's 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 atrocious, but it's delicious at the same time. Under the right circumstances, i.e., uh, being very very drunk, the Waffle House is delicious. But uh... that's the only time I've ever had a Waffle House. <laughs> Okay, let's move on. Especially got- the one right next to Olympic Park. Um, and anyone that knows anything about Atlanta, which I've been there quite a bit, um, the one right like right across the park is CNN Tower. That's the Waffle House you should go to. Okay, okay. We'll keep that in mind. Uh, these are Anthony's travel tips, everyone. um okay let's move on to the x red bull 2 report uh last week we put something together it was i think first suggested by tolstoy on twitter and uh i have uh, gone out of my way tolstoy he's a he's a regular he's he's a he's one of the chatty cathy's out in the the twitter land and uh is he the one who said he wasn't gonna listen as long as i'm on um, you know, I don't know. I don't know if that was him. There's so many people who say that to me. Anthony. Yeah, it seems to be like eight or nine <laughs> per, per week. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I I tried to really go out of my way. We've got a very extensive report this week. Uh, so let's go. First, Zico Lewis. We all know him. He was drafted last season. Uh, did not catch on with the team, but he he started and scored a goal in Bermuda's loss to Antigua. It was three to two in favor of Antigua. Oh, um, what, what's what's so? What's the Bermuda team name? Is it Bermuda FC? Uh, Bermuda, as in the national team, Anthony. Oh, the national team. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. He he was playing during the international break, so Zico is still out there getting minutes, at least at the international level. Uh, Rafi Diaz uh, did not play for Sacramento Republic, and they're one nothing win over Orange County SC. Tim Schmoll did not play for Aldershot Town. In the seven to one loss to Fylde, I don't know how to say this team's name. F Y L D E, Field, Fylde, Fildy, Fildy, Fildy. Let's go like, with that. Like, like the corn bass player. Yeah, in the conference premiere in England. So he. That, that's a step below uh, League One, perhaps or League Two. Whatever it is, <laughs> it's it's yes, it's below <laughs> League Two. Uh, no, late Norian is <laughs> yes. Noah Powder played forty five minutes uh, in uh, for, for OC uh, SC Orange County SC in their loss to Sac Republic. Dan Metzger started and played ninety minutes for Penn FC in their opening loss to Charleston Battery, this week's opponent. Dilly Duca uh, does not start playing with FC Motown until May 9th so keep your eyes open for that. That will be their US Open Cup match. Uh, Dave Najem started, played 90 minutes, had an assist, and drew a yellow card in Tampa Bay Rowdy's 2-0 win over Bethlehem Steel. Junior Fleming started and played in that match, but left 
after 33 minutes with an injury. So hopefully nothing long term. Yeah, right. He he was injured quite a bit here. Brandon Allen came off the bench and played 15 minutes, uh, did not score in uh, Bethlehem Steel's loss to Tampa Bay. Kyle, That's why Best Steel lost. Yeah, exactly. They couldn't draw enough penalties in those final 15 minutes. Uh, Kyle Rainish played 90 minutes in Fresno FC's draw with Los Dos, 1-1. Zach Carroll came off the bench and played six minutes for Reno 1868 uh, in their draw against Las Vegas Lights FC. What an underwhelming game. Yeah, after the fireworks of week one. We'll get to that later. Um, Conrad Pleva did not dress for St. Louis FC's 2-1 loss to uh, Sacramento, or San Antonio FC, sorry. Uh, Speedy Williams and Louisville City were off this week, so they did not play. Old friend Marius Obacop. You remember him, guys, right? Uh, on the left side, had trouble breaking into the first team, but did I think did well at the, the USL level. He's now in the Romania Liga 2. And I'm going to butcher this name for sure. Oh, I can't wait. He did not dress for C.S. Luciferol or Adia in their 2 nothing win over Metalagalabos. <laughs> I do not believe you got that right. I don't, I don't see that in front of me, and I do not believe you got that right, but I love it. Metalagalabos. M-E-T-A-L-O-G-L-O-B-U-S. Metalagalabas. Are there any accents over any of the letters? No, Metalagalabas. <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> what a name. But he did, they, that team is, uh, I think, in the middle of the pack in Liga 2, and they did win this past weekend, but he did not play. And finally, Mike DeFanta started and played 90 minutes for Phoenix Rising in their Woo! dominant 4-1 win over OKC. He's on loan from the Colorado Rapids, by the way. Woo! That is... A pretty extensive report. And Leo Stoltz is in the middle of a brain surgery somewhere in Frankfurt, Germany. I do have a lead uh, to get in touch with him, so stay tuned. There might be some news on that front coming soon. We love you, Leo! Leo, come home. I'll never let you go, Leo. I think that's even more appropriate. Uh, But we're going to let you go right now as we go to a break. Like the Third Eye Blind song. (laughs) And when we come back, we're going to be talking to you, Scott Levine. So stick around. joined by the man that the Yukon faithful called the goalie god and the new Red Bulls 2 goalkeeper Scott Levine. Scott, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Can you can you give us a little bit of background on this goalie god thing? Where did that come from? How did that happen? You know, I'm not really sure to be honest. I mean, one, you know, one year I was, you know, starting for Yukon and then the next year I hear a brand new chant just screaming goalie god behind me. I had nothing to do with it. I just think, uh, <laughs> honestly, I think um, it, just, it just rhymed with Scotty, you know, and it kind of went, and uh, they took it and they ran with it. Um, yeah, so it turned into a pretty big thing. Uh, so, obviously, um, there's been a lot of talk lately about, you know, the college game and how that 
helps the development into MLS. But here you are, you know, coming into the USL team. How important is it that you're joining um, the USL team at this point, especially when there's so much notoriety now around the team? Yeah, I think, well, especially for goalkeepers, um, it's a little bit different than it is for field players. Uh, like you see young, very young players, such as like Tyler Adams, you know, he's 18, 19, and he's playing with the first team. For goalkeepers, it's a bit different. So in my head, I always knew that college was the right path for me. Uh, it would give me a big opportunity to get as many games as I could in and develop. Um, I learned a lot in college. I grew up a lot. And I think just the natural path for goalkeepers is the path that includes goalkeepers getting the most games. So I think college is a great um, tool for young goalkeepers to use to get better. And then obviously if you want to be professional, you, you need to realize that sometimes you're not going to jump straight from college to starting in the MLS. Um, there's a path that, and there's, there's hard work that you have to put in. And I think the USL becoming such a prominent league now is a great pathway for goalkeepers such as myself. Well, let's let's uh, dive into the college thing a little bit. How did you end up at UConn? I know in, in the video that, that Willie put up on the site, uh, you were talking about how you had always wanted to go to UConn. So what was the draw there? Yeah, so I'm from Stanford, Connecticut, which is about an hour and 40 minutes from UConn. Um, and so my sister ended up, actually ended up going there, but I was much older at the time. She's older than me. But ever since I was five years old, you know, I always loved soccer. And just UConn being the dominant sports team, like, in the state, because there's no professional teams in the Connecticut, UConn was always at the top. So my parents would always take me up to UConn to watch their soccer games. And I kind of just, you know, fell in love with the atmosphere there and the school. And my sister going there obviously helped. Um but like I said, there, UConn is the professional team in Connecticut. If you watch sports, you watch UConn in Connecticut. And I think growing up, it's just and, and seeing UConn all over the newspaper and TV, it just made me want to go there more and more. So obviously, when it came down to picking colleges for me, you know, I had a, I had many options, but you know, it came down to the top three and top two and. I settled on UConn for a lot of reasons and it was just turned out to be the perfect place for me because it allowed me to continue playing. Um, it allowed me to accomplish a big dream of, of playing there because it is very difficult to play at UConn. Um, and it also gave my family an opportunity to, you know, come watch my games every weekend. So for a lot of reasons, UConn made a lot of sense for me. Um, for, you know, from that perspective in, in the college world, what kind of weight does uh, New York Red Bulls, hold um in 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 that sense um is, is it the kind of place that a lot of college guys talk about hey that that that's where i'm i'm really going to get a chance or is it is it one is it the the whole idea of well the the first professional contract that comes along is is, is what i'm going with i think you know, that's a good point uh i think i think it depends um it depends on your mindset and I think if you have the right mindset, there's two ways you can swing it. So there's two ways you can go about playing in the USL. One is with a team that is connected to an MLS team like the Red Bulls. 
and one another one is a USL team that's not connected. Um, obviously, I think there's a lot of um, benefits to being able to be on a team that is connected to an MLS team because you're around the first team so often. You can learn from people older than you. Um, so I think Red Bulls in particular, being and me being from this area, Red Bulls is very well known. It's known for promoting uh, younger guys to the first team and promoting USL guys to their first team as Jesse Marsh has done a fantastic job of doing that in his three, four years at Red Bulls. Um, so yeah, if, if you're from the Northeast, I think Red Bulls is one of those places where if you have professional aspirations, that's the place you want to end up. Scott, do you know when Red Bull first became aware of you or at least when you became aware that they were aware of you? I became, my college coach would sometimes tell me like, Hey, there's some scouts coming to watch you. And I really tried to pay no attention to that. I, I told him to honestly not tell me because I'd rather not know. Um, I found out in about October, I think, or November that Red Bulls had come to watch one of my games or a couple of my games. And, uh, I heard they, you know, they saw what they, they liked what they saw, and I was actually invited to their um, what's it called to their own combine that Red Bulls runs mm-hmm. in the winter. Unfortunately, I was not able to attend because I had already committed to a, another combine that was out in Las Vegas, and I, I was kind of, you know, going back and forth. That I was like, wow, here's Red Bulls, it's a place that I really want to be at. Unfortunately, I can't go, so I was kind of upset about that. And then. Um, when around the draft, you know, I heard a couple people were interested and I had a couple offers and uh, John Molniak reached out to me um, right after the draft was over, probably a couple minutes was over and asked me if I had committed to playing anywhere. And I told him I hadn't yet, but I was trying to make the decision. And after a lot of thinking, I, you know, I chose to give it a go at Red Bulls. Uh, you mentioned John Wolnick and, and his talk to you. He's he's a name that sometimes I think gets uh, overlooked uh, outside of uh, people who are very aware of, of names that are influential in, in soccer, in specifically in, in the on the USL level. How important was that talk that he gave you? And and were you just aware of, of his accolades at that point? So, yeah, I, I was very aware of John Wolnick. So, my parents also took me to Red Bull games when I was younger. I actually I saw John play a couple times, so I knew him. I knew of him, um, and yeah, he he's a he's a good guy that you know is very straightforward and he really wants to help people learn um, and grow and develop. And I had a, I called him when he offered me a spot to come, you know, to preseason, and I called him. And I said, look. I have this, this, and this, and I just was wondering kind of what you're thinking. And he was very straightforward to me, and he said to me straight out, look, I don't want to waste your time. I just want you to know where we're at, and we want to help you make the best decision that's right for you. And I think hearing that from him really helped me because I, I thought to myself, hey, here's this guy that, you know, he's not going to exaggerate anything. He's going to be straightforward, and he really is interested in my development. So I think John Wolniak should not be overlooked in any way because he's a 
he's a great player and he's a great coach now. Um, and for us to have him as our coach is, is pretty awesome to say. Now, Scott, a lot of us did not get to see any of the game from this past weekend. Obviously, the, you you were there. You were in the 18. Give us a rundown of, of maybe your general thoughts of, of how everything went. And um, then maybe talk about some of your goals for the upcoming season. Uh, my goals or the team goals? Your goals in, in particular. Okay. Yeah, uh, I heard the stream was down or something like that. Um yeah, so obviously it was a it was a soccer game in a baseball park, which always throws some obstacles our way. Um, it was Atlanta's Atlanta Two's first game, especially with their home opener. They brought a ton of energy to the game. Their atmosphere was pretty surreal and amazing. Their fans brought a lot of energy to the game, and I think going into the game, we tried to you know keep our emotions in check, knowing that it would be a, a high emotion game with considering all those factors. But, you know, I, I thought once we settled into the game, we actually, honestly, we probably had the better to play in the first 15 minutes. And then they got a goal and we got one back. Uh, pretty unfortunate for us to give a penalty kind of near halftime, which kind of swung the mood a bit. But and obviously they ended up winning 3-1. And credit to them, they're a pretty good team this year from what I saw. I just thought maybe there are some things that we can do better, and it's still early in the season. Um, we've played two games so far, and I would not say that those two games are, you know, shining examples of how our team can play. I think there's a lot of room for improvement, which is good because, you know, you never want to be at your best in the beginning of the season. You want to grow. You want to make the team better as you go along, and hopefully we're hitting our peak towards the playoff time. Um, so, yeah, credit to Atlanta. Uh, good team, um, and we definitely have taken some lessons from that game. And, and, and your goals for the of, season? Yeah. You know, my goal this year, obviously, I want to make John's decision as hard as possible for him each week on who to play in goal. Um, I'd love to first off, make my professional debut. And I'm here to help the team. And I've always said that no matter what role I am in, I'm here to help in any way I can. Um, obviously, an ex- you know, extremely happy time for me having just signed. Um, and I'm very glad I can finally call myself a professional soccer player. And that's what I've been working for forever. But, you know, I also have more goals than that. Obviously, I'd like to get some games, make my professional debut, make, get some more games, um, become a consistent player for John, and, you know, see where that takes me. Maybe one day that leads me to the first team, hopefully. Um, but I realize there's lots of work in between that, and, you know, right now my main focus is trying to just learn as much as possible because right now I'm, there's a lot of information being thrown my way, and I'm just trying to soak it all up. That's that's very very fair. I've heard that from uh, multiple players. It, it, there's definitely a big adjustment. Okay, before we let you go, we're gonna dive into the lightning round. Are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> Don't be scared. <clears throat> okay, popcorn. <laughs> yes or no? Yes. Star Wars or Star Trek? Neither. Ooh. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not big on either of those. 
That's fair. That's very fair. Uh, Arsene Wenger, in or out? Out. Super Mario or Sonic the Hedgehog? There's one goalkeeper that you're able to change places with from any team uh, in the world. Who is it? David De Gea. Ooh. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, that, that, that takes, I guess, my other question out. Um, Liverpool or Manchester United? <laughs> oh, that's an easy one. Manchester United. Boo. Oh, boo. Yeah. <laughs> that's my team. Oh, Scott. Oh, Scott. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, we wish you nothing but the best of luck this coming weekend uh, against Charleston. Hope maybe we'll see you out there. And uh, yeah, th- thank you. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. And when we come back, we're going to preview that game against Charleston and talk about a little bit of the happenings around USL. Stick around. final segment we're going to preview this upcoming weekend's match it's saturday 1 p.m at red bull arena i think that's all right uh, i should fact I check that so. right uh <laughs> against the charleston battery show up to an empty stadium uh both the battery and uh the red bulls two are one and one the battery won their uh their match this weekend against Penn FC. We talked about that before. They won one nothing. Uh they lost one nothing to FCC, Cincinnati, of course. Uh not a tremendous amount of, you know, anything given up or scored either way. Uh, they have a zero goal differential <laughs> because of those two results. They lost a lot of their best pieces from last season when they were really rolling. Justin Portillo, Michael Chang, Forrest Lasso, uh, who was a very good defender for them, is gone. Obviously, Romario Williams, who was scoring everything, he's gone. And even with all that, they they still look like they're going to be a solid team. They look organized uh, on the defense. And they look like they can kind of weather the storm, which is something that I think Red Bull will struggle against a little bit. We talked about the defense that the Red Bull has to figure out, you know, what they're going to do and how they're going to fix what's happening in the back line because they're giving up a lot of, you know, very high percentage chances. And I think with the way that the battery are set up, they could get on a roll against a defense that struggled. Anthony, what do you th- what do you see based on what you've seen from the battery? Uh, I I think that the battery are a very beatable team. I just think that John Molnick needs to create a sense of immediacy in this team the way he did last year in the playoffs to be able to get them to execute. I I with, with the independent teams, it's all about execution and hitting the spots that you're supposed to hit, which is all about focus. It's all about concentration. Uh, which is going to be the most important part of their game this week. Just hit that. Look, if you lose, if you hit all your spots and you lose one nothing, you lose two to one. Fine, it's acceptable. Just don't make silly errors. Don't make defensive lapses the way we saw in week one, not week two, because we couldn't watch week two. Um, but uh, <laughs> you know, just don't don't have those moments the way Jordan Scarlett and uh, Hassan Nadam kind of slid into each other in week one, and you can accept anything that happens from there. 
Yeah, one thing that I think that they should just you know be wary of is if they get both of their wingbacks pushed up at the same time. That's always going to be problematic, especially when you don't necessarily have a speedster on the back uh, to make these recovery runs. Yes, Jordan Scarlett is quick, uh, but he's not necessarily as fast as some of the fastest forwards, and especially a team like the Battery tend to kind of value speed up top. So we'll have to see about that. Let's get a prediction from you, Anthony. I'm predicting this is going to be two to one Red Bull two. That's fair. Back home, I think they're going to settle down a little bit. Hopefully, uh, you know John and Ibrahim uh, uh, spend some time this week figuring out the the back line. They figure it out and they get a nice two nothing win. I think that that would be very nice. Two nothing. I'm going to say two nothing. You think this defense is good enough to hold everybody off? I'm just not necessarily. Uh, uh, confident that the battery have a strong enough front line to really do much damage. I think they can. Just they could probably sneak Toronto one. Toronto scored against them, and Atlanta. That's true. Two MLS two teams scored against them. That's true. Uh, Atlanta, though, I think from reports is looking pretty good, especially Gallagher and and um, Samuel. That they're they're working very well together. And could be a tricky pair. So we'll keep our eyes on them. Uh, All right. Let's talk about the happenings around the USL. I've got five games in mind that I'd like to to bring up. First, the Rowdies. They win their second straight. Beth Steele, I thought in week one, looked very good. Of course, it was against Richmond Kickers. Against the Rowdies, they look like they didn't belong on the field. Are the Rowdies the real deal? Are we seeing this team on their unstoppable ascent to the top? They're built to be the real deal. I mean, they, they, they went out, you know, you think about the, the, the Cosmos players that they pilfered and then the Red Bulls 2 players that they pilfered. I mean, they're, they're a legit side um, in, in, all, in all ways. Also, they have better in leadership. You think about Joe Cole mm-hmm. for all those Chelsea fans out there. Uh, they, they're, uh, they're a type of team that has the coaching and the veteranship to really get them through a long season. Who's the guy? I was just trying to think of. Uh, there's a midfielder for them who I think is even more important than Cole, and now I can't think of his name. Starkov? No, not Starkov. Curses. Uh, uh, he played for them last year, scored a lot of goals from distance. I'm going to talk through it. Oh, 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 I know what you're talking about. Jesus, hold on. Um, oh, he's, he's a really he's talented midfielder. I know. He, he, he had that screamer late in, in the playoffs. Um, oh. Schaefer. Schaefer, thank you. Marcel Schaefer. Yes. You're the best. Uh, he is terrific, and I think uh, his value to the team is probably the most important. I'm I'm uh, very interested in what Leo Fernandez did this past weekend. He could have had two goals. One goal uh, incorrectly called back because of uh, the assistant not seeing it was a mile over the line. Uh, it was no VAR. Pretty unfortunate for them, but uh, otherwise I think that they are rocking and rolling. There's no sign that they're ready to slow down just yet, uh, and it's definitely going to be interesting to see how they kind of start to stack up as the year goes on. Okay, next, Phoenix Rising. I think um, they won 4-1 to one over uh, OKC Energy. Uh, they looked fierce. Uh, obviously, OKC isn't necessarily the world beater uh, of the Western Conference, but I think that they were at least a solid team. Their defense was ripped to shreds by Mike Cortez, Chris Cortez, Chris Cortez. 
<laughs> he had three goals and assist in that match. Uh, crazy, crazy performance from uh, a talented player. Phoenix getting away from the old men that made up their, their squad for the most part last year seems to be like a, a smart thing to have done. Yeah, I think that there's um they also have a lot of depth. I know that Rigi came on like in in insane stoppage time, but they they've got a lot of guys that they can pull from on their bench to make them quite competitive. The other thing is is that they have a coach this year that is focused on them and not focused on his next job. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it'll be really good to see what Phoenix does over the course of uh, the, the entire year. Now that they've gotten over the, the hump of uh, new ownership, crazy, you know, other owners that want to play games against Zlatan and, uh, <laughs> you know, Jogba and Zlatan just loaned him down to uh, LA Galaxy too. Uh, the and and all of the such. So they're they're building up a really really good team this year that is going to be very competitive in the USL. Zlatan in USL would be the funniest thing I think imaginable. I would... how many red card type tackles would happen <laughs> on the field for a USL game that would just be brilliant and I not even get a yellow I would love for him to have to play in a place like Tulsa no offense Oklahoma but Zlatan in Tulsa is a, just a really funny uh, picture in my mind <laughs> do you think he do you think he can get a like kick a free kick into the net so hard that it actually sticks into the net <laughs> perhaps perhaps um, okay uh, Las Vegas lights they provided plenty of fireworks in week one and this week, we're a complete dud. Yes, it was a 1-1 draw, but they did not look good. The game itself was boring. Uh, was that just a matter of them kind of you know, coming back to earth a little bit after, after week one and, and sort of uh, settling down a little bit into the league? I think that Reno showed that they are a much better team than uh, – who did they play in week one? Was it um... – was in Nashville. Anyway, um, they, they they just proved to be a way better team. Um, Re- Reno had a really good first year. They they're proving to be way more stout defensively. Also, I did not watch the game, but was Shelise still in uh, as as manager? No, I believe he is no longer the manager. I think he did step up to the front office. Um, okay, he was there for week one, which is hilarious. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know if he was there for week two, but I mean, this team is every bit as chaotic as you would expect a Manchester United style side, but with all of the camp of a minor league baseball team. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Reno lost in week one, uh, four to three after coming back in and tying the game. It was kind of a sad thing for them. I felt bad for them. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, whatever. It's Reno, I know. San Jose. Apparently, uh, uh, Shelley's is still coaching the team, so I was wrong about that. <laughs> yeah, like he, he was there. Like I'm, I, I watched Week One, and I remember I was like, oh, he's the sporting director, but there he is because he was, you know, championing, you know, his team when they went ahead three nothing, and then you couldn't see a picture of him when they were <laughs> when when the other team was making a comeback. Yeah. <laughs> uh I, the the only other thing I'll say about Las Vegas and yes I understand that um Reno when they went down a man it was a forward coming out of the game so it didn't really unbalance the defense and they could just sit numbers behind the ball but 
they had an man advantage for a good 15, almost 20 minutes, and they didn't really look like they were going to grab a winner. So not great. Not great stuff. We'll keep an eye no. on you, Las Vegas. Maybe maybe they need Freddie to come on and, and really make things happen. Uh, we talked yes, about... Yes, they do. Freddie, you do. Like, let the, like, let him loose. I would love for Freddie to suddenly, like, make a huge comeback in his career. I, I honestly feel bad for him, and I, I almost feel defensive for him, and I've never felt that way before, but, like, people really pile on him, so I start to feel bad for him. Well, Freddie has had the unfortunate um, issue of teams have signed him with the idea being that they signed Freddie. Right, like he's a sideshow. And show. they had never had any intention of trying to integrate him into a team. I think that Tampa Bay tried, but it didn't really work for their system. Uh, Here, I'm hoping that they do. I'm hoping that this isn't as much of a crapshoot, quote-unquote, as uh, as it is um, with Reno. Do you think, if I were to say uh, or make this comparison, would you agree? Although I don't feel as bad for this person as I do for for Freddie. Uh, But Freddie Adu is the Lindsay Lohan of U.S. soccer. No, because I definitely feel bad for uh, Freddie Adu. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Also, also, <laughs> like, wait a minute. Freddie Adu didn't go crazy partying and... No, know, no, no. Like, but what I mean is that, like... Because he was an idiot. No, no. But there was, like, a certain amount of pressure on the two of them from a very young age uh, to perform, and things went off the rails. Also, what what team would have been the team that you would equate to the movie The Parent Trap? Uh, well, definitely at DC United with Peter Novak. <laughs> I was gonna say Philly, but I can understand. All right, yeah, no, DC Philly, Philly Peter works Novak, too. Yeah. <laughs> Both Peter Novak. Uh, okay, and then last thing I want to talk about: Swope Park Rangers have a, an abysmal defense this season, just like their counterparts in MLS. But Carlton Belmar is the truth through two games. It's Cosmo. Four goals and two assists in two matches. That is crazy. Crazy bananas. Uh, do you think he can keep up that pace? I think he can. I think that he's um, he's been a guy that I think, I believe he was with Seattle Sounders too for a while. Um, there, he's been, he's bounced around the USL and the NASL for a while. Uh, not really having his, opportunity but has shown the ability so um i i think this is a really great fit for him and i and i believe that he actually can have as big of a year a dane kelly like year fair that's very fair dane kelly obviously uh breakout star he was with reno last year yes yes and uh, uh and then with, with swole park before that too yeah yeah um and, and if we have to explain that to the listeners and you're not watching usl game <laughs> fair um okay uh before we go i want to give a uh a congratulations to one of the first guests on our shows uh in our show's history and that is mr tyler adams he drew the penalty that led to the game-winning goal in the u.s friendly against paraguay obviously it doesn't really matter because it's just a friendly but good for you showing well at the international level hopefully no scouts are watching that game also those are horrible jerseys yeah i don't like them either uh i'm not gonna say which journalist friend of mine was raving about them uh but 
Ugh. I, I, I'm going to say I'm glad we didn't send our boys to Russia in those crappy jerseys. <laughs> also, I'm glad we didn't send our boys to Russia in general. Screw the World Cup in Russia. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. Yeah. I do not disagree with any of that. That's why. And that's Qatar, why they, for that matter. Qatar, that, whatever they want to That's it. why they didn't qualify. Uh, we'll exactly. <laughs> we bombed out intentionally. Uh, two additional congratulations uh, go to Stefano Bonomo and Florian Velo. Each got their first minutes in MLS. Obviously, Velo started the game. I did talk to him after the match, and he was not happy with how he played. Uh, but you know, he vows to, to get better. And I, honestly, I don't, I, hope, think, I don't think he played. I hope we never see Velo in a Red Bull two game again. I don't think there's any reason for him ever to be sent back down. No, no, he's doing great. Other than if they just need to get him reps, uh, if he's having trouble getting into the lineup, if things are rocking and rolling with everybody, you know, just to keep him Thank fresh, you. but he, he's, he he's proven, he's proven himself at this level. Hot take. He's a guy I put him over mule, mule, any day of the week. Okay. I'm, I'm, will, I'm, I'm willing to hear that, that conversation. I, I wouldn't yeah. fight too much about it. Um, okay. Give him an Etienne. Give them minutes. Yeah, Etienne definitely deserves some more minutes. Uh, I felt, let's talk real quick about how bad I felt for Derek Etienne, who definitely in his mind was like, yes, I'm about to score my first MLS goal <laughs> on a pass yeah. from Mark Schakowsky. Unfortunately, uh, he hit it too close to the keeper. I believe it was a kick save. Uh, bad luck. Bad luck. Yeah, Derek, but at but you'll the same time, I don't, I don't think he's the kind of player that's going to score many goals in his career. I think he's a guy that has the kind of movement that people think he's going to score a lot of goals. But um, it, at the MLS level, he's the kind of guy that's going to help other people score goals. Fair. Bring I think defenders. I, I think defenders off of off of the line help open up the lanes for the for the main strikers. He it it, it works in the USL level to get himself goals. But I think overall, you're not going to see him score many goals, but still be very effective. Right. Well, what I think would be best for him uh, would be obviously if he was a guy setting up his teammates, uh, but is still comfortable in a situation where he has to shoot, which none of that has changed. That's exactly who he was down in USL. And he's starting to show that in, in MLS and hopefully he gets a little bit more minutes. Okay. More minutes, Jesse, give the, give the guy more minutes. Yeah. Stop complaining about Zlatan and give these guys more minutes. <laughs> I'm not even going to go there right now. Okay. Uh, if you want to follow <laughs> us on Twitter, I am at underscore Joe Goldstein. And I am at NYC Soccer World. And Bill Toomey, who is not here, is at Bill TNJ. He, of course, does all our photographs. I don't know if he does photographs for you at NYC Soccer World, but uh, he is terrific. It's either him or, or another favorite, Matt Kremkow. Both terrific photographers. Uh, and if you'd like to follow the show, and we hope you do, we are at Raising Bull Cast. That's one bull, Raising Bull Cast. And of course, as I said, that's on Twitter. You can find us at Facebook.com slash Raising Bulls. You can go to RaisingBulls.com where we can put all of our episodes. And there is going to be some written content. I, prom- I keep promising that, but it is coming, guys. I promise. Well, you never asked me to write, so I don't do it. Are you going to write for us? I would let you write for us. I just didn't want to well, bother you. Never you. I'm asking right now. Now you're on camera. No, you're not. You're on uh, audio I, recording. I, I'm definitely not not on camera <laughs> i could tell if you're crossing your fingers though if you want to write for us you write anything you want i will gladly post anything that you want to put up no matter you how vitriolic just your death warrant. <laughs> everyone pray for the servers at raising bulls <laughs> i'm gonna write code that just like 
sends it into havoc. Oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> you can find our show on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. I don't think we're on Spotify yet. I'm gonna check while we're while we're talking here. Uh, but if, does podcasts? Yeah, they got podcasts now. Now oh, it sounds like get, I, it sounds like we I set that it. up as a a sponsor commercial, but <laughs> we did I not. Got, I got to get my baseball podcast on there. We'll see. All right, hold on. We're 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 doing the search right now. I don't think it's going to come. Support in the world. Nope. I think I think we're. It's safe to say that we're not going to come up there. So then, don't worry. Just go to Spotify and like hit Billy Joel Radio or whatever you like. You know. Yeah. Tribe Call Quest Radio, whatever it is. Well, don't in, worry, we'll be in, there soon. In any event, we're on those other places. Find us, subscribe, review, rate us. It all does help so much. Of course, the show is now uh, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network at bgn.fm. They've got a ton of terrific shows. Six Point Weekend about North Carolina FC, Speedway Soccer about Nashville. Uh, of course, LWSC, my old stomping grounds, last word, soccer club. Back chat for the Colorado Springs uh, uh, switchbacks, St. Louis soccer report, the unused substitute, and so much more. Go there, find them, listen to those those podcasts, and you'll learn so much more about the USL in general. And of course, thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and US soccer. Get your custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Guys, that that's just about it. Oh, wait. Uh, I, well, I'll, I'll start promoting that next week. Uh, have a good night. And uh, well, I, I did that out of order for myself, Joe Goldstein, Anthony Merced, and Scott Levine. Thank you very much and have a good night. Bye.